Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host Darian Smith. And back in the flesh, Jimmy Marion. Jimmy, welcome back on the show. Your your first time was such a big success. We had to have you on again, and we hope to have you on plenty more times because hey guys, again, if you're not following UAB Athletics fan on Twitter, definitely do that right now. Twitter at UAB Athletics. Fan. there's nobody that does it better when it comes to uab football recruiting jimmy welcome back to the show buddy thank you all both i appreciate the opportunity and guys uab added eight more hashtag fire breathers only today on national signing day to be honest i didn't know we were gonna get uh, this many because you know we just had 16 in the early signing day uh early signing uh period but Trent Dilfer and this coaching staff, I mean, they are going to work. And, you know, it it's already showing. We're going to talk about all eight of these guys. Maybe a couple more later on. We'll have to wait and find out. But definitely going to hit on these eight guys. We're going to talk about just overall opinions on this signing class, uh, who we might be looking forward to in this next few days. But, guys, it, for me looking at this, Trent Dilfer and this staff put an emphasis on offense alignment and defense alignment. They knew that, yes, we do have some guys on the defensive front, but they needed depth behind those guys, and they needed some guys that are going to come in right away. And I think some of these guys that we are going to discuss today are going to be able to make an instant impact on this UAB team. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, you know, we got a, a slew of mid-year transfers that wouldn't um, announced. Uh, seemed like half of those guys are already on the roster and um, are already on the, at the school and working with the team. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm waiting on the announcement for some of these guys or trying to see what we're going to do. And they're already working with the team. And they're all like, OK, that's even better. Um, so I don't know if stuff like that is kind of a compliance kind of thing i don't i'm not really sure how it works with announcements and stuff like this i mean this is the new age of social media i don't i can't really keep up but yes like emphasis on high school players i believe we had 19 high school guys in total Mm -hmm. um i think it's going to be cool to you know just be able to really see the guys develop and then just with the returning talent that we have already on the team um, with the guys that we signed, it's going to be really interesting. So we can we can just start it off. Definitely. Well, the first guy that came in this morning was nose tackle Gerlins Milford, 6'1", 275 from Lakeland, Florida. I mean, this is a three-star. He chose UAB over multiple <laughs> Power 5 schools, uh, North Carolina State, Pittsburgh, UCF, Iowa State, and uh, fellow AAC uh, team USF. I mean, Jimmy, you know, when you look at the film for Milford, what what pops off for you for Milford? Well, he spends a lot of time in the backfield, uh, which yeah. is obviously a big deal. Uh, I know I posted earlier just his junior season stats and just having 78 total tackles and 51 tackles for loss was just uh, crazy. So, you know, looking at his stats, he's definitely uh, highly productive. I believe it was during the press conference, uh, Trent, 
uh, Dilfer had said that he was really lined up a lot against power five talent on the other side of the ball, the particular league that he played in in Florida, uh, which really means that he's going to be able to come in and contribute. And hopefully that, you know, that change from the high school level to the D1 level where that won't be as, you know, uh, breathtaking for him. So that's something I was excited about with him. We were on him early. So I know we offered early in December and I wasn't quite sure uh, where he was leaning. Uh, some of the signs, you know, related to him maybe liking tweets about UAB content, coaches following him, all those things are pointing in the right direction, but it just wasn't, you know, he wasn't as active and I guess conveying where he was visiting and sharing that information. So I know he had visited uh, right the week before us to Florida A&M, which was interesting, kind of close to home. But as you stated, he had some other official visits already that he had taken to power five schools over the summer. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about him. And I know he got somewhat of a, Special shout out today as somebody that could be somewhat of an early contributor. Yeah, so you know, with him, I was uh, I was wondering, like, okay, where exactly are they going to put him on the line? You know, um, he has one of those tweener tweener bodies. Like, he's not the tallest; he's about six one, um, and then he's about two seventy five, I believe, where he's listed at. So and then I see him on his film. He um he plays inside a lot. They put him outside. Um, it kind of reminds me of a body of uh Michael Fairbanks. Uh, so I wonder how we. It seems like Sione, the defensive uh, coordinator, seems like he values versatility, and um he seems like a versatile guy. Um, he seems like he can do a multitude of things. So I I wonder. A, will he contribute as a freshman? Another thing I liked about him is that he has a powerlifting background. It mm-hmm. um, seems like he's just really, really strong and stout. And um, he can move. So <clears throat> I wonder how – really wonder how Sione's defensive – what's his defensive uh, scheme? I know they like to run different type of personnel out and um, out and in. So I wonder if he's just going to be a part of certain packages – you know, Willie Red shirt. It's a lot of questions there. So I'm just excited to uh, see them all put it all together. Yeah. And also with Milford, you know, something that Trent mentioned in his presser today, uh, you know, he he said that Milford plays stronger than he weighs. You know, he like kind of what Jimmy said, you know, he he's faced a lot of talent in that Lakeland, Florida area in the high school level. And, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be going uh, to SEC or ACC schools. So he's already faced good competition. Yeah. You know, he, he, I mean, there might be some things that they need to uh, fine tune and, you know, getting that strength and conditioning uh, staff, uh, you know, will will do their work and get him bigger. But I mean, I definitely do see this as a guy that not, I don't think he'll start right away, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get in the mix. I mean, you know, get on the inside interior defense line or, you know, or at nose tackle. Yeah. You know, get him in some um, really lengthy advanced technique uh, or some of the words that Trent uh, described Milford today. So I, I really like what I see and popping the film. I mean, he, like Jimmy mentioned, he's in the backfield a lot on his highlight videos. He seems to be really quick. Um, so I think he'll be a natural fit at that nose tackle position. Yeah, I think he'll be good. Like I said, I really think that that powerlifting background will help him because he's able to use his leverage so well. And, um, you know, just speaking of guys like that, the the next signee um, that came in was offensive lineman Mason Chorock. 
and I believe this guy was out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some things that I like about him. But, Jimmy, um, what was a couple of things that popped out to you? Just looking at his recruiting process, I found it interesting. I do not believe he had, like, a solid offer from UAB when he took his visit. So he was someone that I had seen, you know, some coaches follow. And, you know, there were some signs there. But I'm not exactly sure he had, like, a firm offer. But he did have a reported offer before he left. So uh, he's also someone that shortly there before had a, a PWO from Arizona State. And so I just kind of found it interesting from his recruiting process that he took that long flight over here. And it certainly panned out for him and hopefully will pan out for us, too. And it's been stated before, but, you know, the the word or the phrase high upside continues to come out. Uh, you could mm-hmm. tell, I think it was uh, Eddie Gordon, you know, he had said, I think it was like in all caps, like Mason, when, you know, they announced the signing. Like, it seems like this is someone that they're really excited about. Uh, that could be like a gym, given the fact that he just converted to that offensive line position and has really only played it for a year now. So, uh, the staff has talked about, even in the presser day, what they're looking for at that tackle position, that they're willing to bring in guys and develop them, uh, whether that's weight or, you know, in a few other areas. And so I think he fits the mold of, of kind of what we're going to continue to see the staff go after at the tackle position. And certainly I think he's someone that you bring in and you start to develop, you start to get that weight, you know, weight up to where you want it to be to compete at this level. And he's someone that, you know, could see the field starting in two to three years, I think about someone like Trey Badosky, who, you know, I was looking back at his recruiting profile today, and I think he was originally uh, measured at 260 coming out of high school. And on the roster last year, he was at 290. He's probably put on some more weight since then. So it, it's something that uh, at least a comparable, as I was thinking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, 6'5", 265. Yeah, put that weight on him. He's already got the length. Um, you know, like Jimmy, you just mentioned, uh, Trent stated that they love to, you know, get those long athletic tackles uh, for the offensive line. So put some weight on them. And, hey, you, you <laughs> and they definitely even in the uh, the tweet from UAB football's account, it said uh, extremely high upside tackle. So definitely see, uh, you know, some high upside with uh, Mason Chorak. Yeah. Um, and, and there's not a lot of film. Or I didn't see a lot of film, but a couple of those where he pancaked a couple guys like you can you can see it you know you know like you could see it you know maybe need some fine tuning as i mentioned <laughs> we might um, you know with a couple others but i i can see the potential with him yeah so john the reason why i like him, he he was one of my like oh this is a a gem uh one of those hidden gems to me and i think um i had tweeted about him because i went to his huddle and i saw like the full film hey darian what's your twitter handle for those that don't know my Twitter ha- handle is at day T H E Y dread. I used to have dread, so and it has a, a double meaning, right? They dread me at you know 75. They dread 75 was mine. So you know, go check it out. I I I lay some wisdom down here and there. But the reason why I love his um his film, because he reminded me a lot of me. So why I say that is he had a lot of dog in him. You know, I was like, man, this can really be, I see it. He has really good feet. As uh, Jimmy mentioned, he's raw to the position. But what I saw was somebody that got after it. You put, uh, he he got, he has the height. He has, I'm pretty sure he's 255 instead of 265. You got to throw it on there to make it sound. <laughs> That's how it work a lot. Man, you get in there, you red shirt him. 
you know, you you put him on. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a couple of guys that's going to be developing. You put him on a stingy, you know, diet. Hey, he just needs some Birmingham food. You know, he's been out there in Arizona. Hey, <laughs> he'll get some of that Birmingham grub. <laughs> Along with our nutrition, we have a really good. You, you know what's so impressive, John, is um our nutrition style. Like our nutrition department up in 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 um up in. Uh, a part of our facilities. I'm like, man, I wish we had that when I played because it's so well put together, and so organized, and yeah, the ways. Yes, in the ways that they tell you how they take care of you and the plans that they do. I'm like, man, this is it's very next level in advance. Even when you take breaks, they got ways to. If you're going away from the school for a couple of weeks or, you know, going back home, they got ways to keep up with what you're doing and stuff. It is so impressive. Man, they put him in this in the program. He's gonna be redshirted, and I'm pretty sure he knew that. Yeah. But I think this guy can be a starter in two years because they fine tune fine tune his technique, and he can. And if he can get to 300, that dude he he already has the dog in him. So uh, my daughter, is, of course, would be knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he he already has the dog in him and i think that uh he'll he'll really take it to the next level once he get the, the correct amount of weight and he gets put he get he get in the gym and he get that Birmingham, Birmingham food in him definitely well the third uh, signee today uh, was Jonathan Allen and guys a local product from Jackson Olin uh, here in Birmingham uh this is a guy uh, 61270 had offers from ACC, Georgia Tech, and also uh, CUSA Western Kentucky. Um, this is a guy they they kind of want to, or they look that could possibly make an impact right away on, on the uh, interior defensive line. Uh, on my notes, uh, just watching some film, I've got uh, he, he's got good technique. He is a little undersized, but uh, I mean he plays really well. And that you know you can look at his huddle and see his highlights that he, you know, he can move very well. He, he, he carries his weight very well. Um, but, I mean, kind of what <laughs> Darian just mentioned, I mean, just, you know, get him into this nutrition program here at UAB and, uh, and get him right. And this is a guy that, you know, what mostly I'm excited about is a local guy. You know, we always like to see these local players uh, come in and come into UAB and, you know, do great things. And uh, ho- I definitely can see Jonathan Allen in a couple years doing great things for UAB. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, do you um, know much about his recruitment? He was certainly somewhat of what I would call out the uh, signees today, a pleasant surprise. So he was on the list of someone that we had offered, um, but I didn't have a really good read. On it, so he's again someone that wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, making a lot of tweets or you know speaking of visits that he had or anything of that sort. But what I can tell you is that if you look back uh, at the spring, I think he picked up his first offer February-ish of uh, in the spring, and he really exploded from that point. So they listed a few of his offers, but you know he really had more than that, uh, even what they had called out. I mean, he had. Um, he had offers from really all the service academies, some Ivy League schools. He had G5 programs like uh, the Sun Belt, you know, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Arkansas State. Uh, he had an offer from Marshall. So he had a, quite a lot of activity in the spring and early summer. Uh, so don't know a ton about his stats from this senior season, but 
you know, looking at the measurables and, and some of the film as well. I mean, he's someone that uh, you can definitely tell that he's got that talent and there's reason why he had all those offers. And so, um, yeah, it was just certainly, you know, if you talk about all the signings today, I, would, I didn't have that one charted as a prediction of any sort, but it was certainly a pleasant surprise when I saw that one come across. Yeah, um, I know you mentioned his measurables. What was his measurables again before I speak? Uh, he's uh, listed at 6'1", 270. Yeah, so first I need to mention that the reason my daughter was knocking on the door, she just wanted to let me know that she cleaned her room, and I'm very proud of her. There you go. We love to hear that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good job. That's, that was a proud moment. I said, I'll take that interruption. But uh, he's, a, again, it's that same body type. I see with this stuff, it seems as if we go for one or two body types. Either we're going to get the, those tall, rangy, you know, six five edge kind of guys, but it seemed like the versatility guys that we get are kind of just like thick bone guys that can move. The height doesn't really matter as much, and it's not that we going that we want to play those guys like at nose tackle or. It seems like we're just gonna move them around depending on down and distance, depending on matchups. Because um, uh, Emmanuel Waller is kind of like the same type of build, and um, and, I, and we'll get into it as a as a group. But <laughs> I, I want to—he was a guy that got a lot of offers. I know, like Jimmy mentioned, and it's impressive what we're able to do with all of these versatile pieces that I can just see in the future. I just, in my mind, I just see them just subbing in and out, just constant pressure, constant P5 type talent that we have on that, on that D line. And Jonathan Allen, like you said, was a pleasant surprise. And um, looking at his film, he just seemed like, it seemed like we got, we, um, I know he mentioned culture and those type of attitudes. And it seemed like on that D line, it seemed like we just went for guys that just really had that motor to them too along with that density, that thickness, uh, with the ability to move that nastiness. I'm, I'm, we'll talk about the D-line as a group as a whole, but I'm, like, I'm like really excited about this group, you know. So I can't wait to see all these guys and once, they, once, once, once we get them in a weight room and get them in a nutrition program. And, and, and real quick, too, I just wanted to, you know, note that, you know, we yeah, we would love for them to be, you know, 300-plus, uh, you know, be a little bigger, but, but at the same time, like you look at the AAC where UAB is heading into, you know, you've got teams that love to air it out, spread type, you know, uh, run and shoot, you know, SMU, whatever, like other than Navy, unless I'm just blanking, I don't really see any like smash mouth offense. Oh, well, maybe two lane, maybe two lane, uh, ground and pound. But outside of that, like, what Darren you just said like this would work perfectly in this defense where you know you don't have these huge interior defense alignments they've got good size and they're going to get bigger of course when when they hit nutrition but these are guys that you can you know plug in and out rotate like and and I just I I can see what uh, Sione Taufa'o is going for in that defense and I like it I I hope it translates but I can definitely see where uh, you know the guys are going for yeah, and yeah, I, I I get I get more to it. I, I figure we'll get into like the group talk later, but I'm a, I'm gonna bookmark that conversation and then <laughs> come we'll circle back around to it. Sounds good. Well, our fourth signee today, defensive end Tyler Thomas, six four two thirty out of Mobile, Alabama. 
Uh, this was a dual sport athlete. Who, he played basketball and football, but he had over 100 tackles, 18 sacks as a senior. He also averages about 16 points per game of basketball. So if Andy Kennedy wants to uh, borrow him for a few minutes, I, I, I maybe maybe Trent will let him <laughs> go over there. John, uh, but, <laughs> there's no way. Like, is that a typo? The 18 sacks and 108 tackles in the season. I double checked. I double checked, and the, I, that's correct. 18 sacks. That's so he had that in one season. We're not talking about his career or the last two seasons. 18 sacks as a senior, man. 109 tackles. Man, hey. <laughs> Jimmy, could you could you help us with this one? Because I just it's that's hard. 108 hey. tackles and 18 sacks. Hey, real quick before yeah. Jimmy goes, my notes <laughs> under Tyler Thomas, I just said big future sack guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh, what's funny is if you saw my notes, I have two bullet points, and the first one just says stats in all caps, and it's bolded and it's underlined, <laughs> yes. and it's, it says the stats that we've already stated. I was just shocked when I saw that, and I don't know if there's a way to validate it, but I mean that's unreal, and we have to remember that he has a twin brother that I believe was playing on the same line as him. So I don't know if they took both Thomases and they said, hey, let's combine both of their stats and throw it into one. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if those are true, that is highly impressive. And I can see why he did have a reported offer at one point in time from Vandy to have an in-state guy with that size, those measurables, with 100-plus sacks and 18 – or, excuse me, 100-plus tackles and 18 sacks is just unreal to think about. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around that one, and I'm just going to say that man, this got to be a typo until oh come on, get until man, hey, listen, as a football player, bro, I just can't let us dream, Darian. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry because I feel like he would have offers from everywhere. You know, with those stats, I mean, he would be uh. Five star, one of those like I. It's funny that on um, on is three, uh is Cottage Hill is that a one A school or or what is it? Okay, okay. If if that's the case, maybe it's that a, might be why. Maybe if it's a one A school, I can just see him going crazy. Like you know, because I was about to say, you know how on three is trying to promote five star plus. Have y'all have y'all seen that? I'm like, come on, get out of here, bro. Like, all right, we get it. Like, this is five star. It's a good five star player. I was like, he would be like one of those five star plus guys. They're three A. Yeah, but oh, that is three A. Three A, yeah. Three A is still competitive. Like, that's still because mm. one A is when they do the eighty yard field, right? Like, they don't even play a hundred yard field. Yeah, I think it depends, like some private schools or whatever. I, you know, you know how they want. I don't yeah. know, but three A ain't three A ain't bad. Like it ain't. You got some dogs in there, but maybe I don't know, man. Somebody, we're gonna have to find a way to verify. You know, <laughs> we're gonna have to ask him. But tall, rangy. He's the, the the typical ed, uh, the edge type of rusher. He is definitely a guy that David Reeves from the previous staff probably would have salivated over. We he, just got the Jasper High School job. Congratulations! Congratulations, Coach Reeves. That that was a complete steal yes. for Jasper. But um, yes, he he fits that mold. He's not. I don't think we got to worry about him like being one of the versatile guys. He's going to be on that edge. He's going to. He's here to get pressure, and he has a good speed looking at his film. 
He has good speed. He has good size. We're going to get him bigger. I'm pretty sure we're going to probably get him up into like the 255 range. Mm -hmm. So he can have some power to go along with that speed. And you can speed the power bull rusher guy. And um, I think I want to, we're going to talk about this group, but man, like we really put this group together really well. And he's another uh, puzzle piece. Well, I'm uh, looking in front of me. Uh, AL.com article from this morning talking about their signings. I think it's Tyler and Trent, the twin brothers here. And it says right here, Tyler finished his senior season with 110 tackles, 18 sacks, an interception, and three forced fumbles. Oh, my God. Now, hold on. So we left some stuff <laughs> out. Okay. That is. I'm just doing my due diligence getting the facts here. This is BenComasAL.com. Good job. Oh, yeah, Ben. Ben does a good job covering uh prep for uh Alabama. So yeah, is, I trust I trust him, yeah. Do y'all understand how insane that is? That is nuts, bro. Like hey, oh, well, if he can give us just half of that, I'll be happy. <laughs> give yes. us nine sex. <laughs> if he give us if he give us one season of that, he is on to the NFL. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. About that. Yes, sir. Well, all right, guys. Our fifth signee was a was finally a non lineman. Uh, it was Corey Milliner, wide receiver out of Alexander City, Alabama, uh, 6'2", 170. Was a three star um, according to On Three. Uh, but I mean, this is a guy that he had 13 touchdowns as a senior, over 800 yards, 37 catches, and chose UAB over Jacksonville State. And uh, real quick, my notes. Uh, pretty much what y'all are going to say but looking at the film he's really good in space like he 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 seems to find his way to the end zone a lot and uh, just really uh quick so i hope to see you know another wide another good wide receiver in that talented uh wide receiver room yeah jimmy do you know um what do you have on his recruitment i think that some would look at his uh maybe the quality of some of his report offers and question it somewhat. He would release a top six not too long ago. I believe just off the top of my head, there was a Kennesaw State, uh, Jacksonville State, maybe were some of the more well-known schools in that list. And so when people saw that we offered, I'm sure that some questioned it. But, you know, I would certainly encourage those people to turn on the film uh, that John referenced. He's, he's certainly an incredible athlete, big play ability. Uh, being at 6'2", he runs a 4'5", 40. Uh, John has spoke to some of the uh, the statistics statistics already, uh, but looking at 36 catches, 813 yards, whatever it was, 13 or 15 touchdowns. And when you start thinking about that, he was essentially averaging almost 23 yards per catch, and over 40% of his catches were touchdowns. So, you know, that tells me that he's got big play ability. Uh, our room is, in my opinion, very deep and what we have at that wide receiver position. So I think he's someone that, you know, again, that term high upside, I mean, it's hard to teach that kind of speed and big play and ability or ability. So I expect him to be able to come in and won't necessarily have to contribute right away or even in the near future, but he's someone that I think with the right development could really become a big play uh, maker for UAB. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you, you mentioned that yards per reception. I was like, Oh, BV would love this dude. You already yeah. know what, you know, what role BV would have put him in. He would have been <laughs> Shropshire go downfield, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I really liked his film. So one thing I wonder, I'm like, why did we, he, you know, he, we kind of offered him during the cycle when we was offering uh, the slew of 24 guys. 
So I wonder if they just kind of ran across this film and met him or talked to his high school coach. who was like, hey, we we want him, you know, because his, his offer was it was kind of just like mixed in mm-hmm. uh, with the 24 cycle. So it just came kind of late and bam. So I wonder what's the backstory on that. But letting looking at his film and I'm it, it kind of make you wonder like why doesn't he have more offers I mean he he meets all the measurables you just said he ran a four I didn't know he ran a uh, four five four forty that is fast that's blazing especially for a guy that's six two uh six two six three in that range um he's every bit of that and if to be that tall he's twitchy mm-hmm. look at it like you like John mentioned he's good in space. He's quick. I mean, most of the time, that's that's like the slot guys. Like that's your five nine, you know. Um, that's your Samario Rudolph type of guys. The guys that's gonna TJ Jones make you miss. No, this dude is like long, rangy, and he has wheels. So on, on his film, he was like outrunning angles. He was breaking, and um, he had thirteen touchdowns. He has a nose for the end zone. It made me wonder. I'm like, what are scouts looking for, or because he meets all your measurables, he has the the statistics, he has the speed, and I just don't get it in recruiting. Sometimes um, he didn't go the, the school he didn't go to. It, it, I mean, he went to wasn't like a small school to where he just got left out in the fray, you know. So I think he was a steal uh, by looking at his film, and I don't want to say that. I don't just don't want to say that about all our guys that don't have many big time offers because I know I said that about Chorak, but I really feel that way, and I just don't. I just want to understand what kind of uh, metrics, what do they look for, you know? And I don't get it. I, I felt that way with uh, I felt that way with Debo. You know, he. I felt like he should have had way more offers. I didn't understand why. Yeah, I, I guess some guys just get lost in the fray, and I think he was one of them. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I think, you know, right away, this staff is showing that they can evaluate talent really well. And, I mean, of course, you know, we, we have to wait till these kids hit the field and see it. But, you know, like, how does a guy like, you know, Corey Milliner, you know, kind of fall into UAB's laps, you know? But, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, every time. Yes, all right, well, our sixth guy that UAB signed today was McQuan Merriweather, a defense alignment, 6'1", 295 out of Columbus, Georgia. Uh, this is a guy that had uh, 42 tackles, seven sacks, and 14 TFLs as a senior. And, I mean, he really pops off on film. Very, you know, very twitchy interior defense alignment for his size. He's quick for his size. And, I mean, this this guy's going to be a stud on that defensive line for Siona uh, Siona Taufa. Oh, <laughs> we go to it's going to we going to get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, what you got on uh, McQuan? I don't have as much on McQuan Merriweather. I, I would believe that uh, Miguel Patrick, the defensive line coach, uh, would likely and obviously have been his primary recruiter, and those connections from uh, Miguel Patrick being a high school coach in Georgia likely played a role in, in identifying and finding and bringing in that talent. Um, you know, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the defensive line group later, but, you know, out of all the defensive linemen we signed, I believe he's the one that doesn't have a reported power five, you know, offer, which is by the way, completely acceptable. Right. So, 
Um, you know, so I'm excited about him. He, unlike some of the other ones we talked about, already got that uh, 290, 295 range versus 270, 275. So, you know, can definitely see him coming in and being maybe less about putting on the weight and really focusing on some other areas that will allow him the opportunity to get uh, onto the field. And Jimmy, real quick, like looking at his offers, I don't know why I didn't put it on my notes, but I'm looking on Rivals and it says that there was only two FCS offers from Alabama A&M and from Stetson. So I don't even know why yeah. a G5 wouldn't offer it. I mean, I'm, like, like, like we said earlier, I'm not complaining at all, you know, because the, this guy, you know, the measurables are there, the film is there, um, but I mean, hey, I, I, would I think say, just, yeah. yeah, you just got to give credit to the coaching staff, you know, and Miguel Patrick, you know, hey, I mean, these guys are, you know, proven that they've got, well, well they haven't proven yet. We got to see these guys hit the field, but I mean, for, on paper, these guys look great. Like I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm extremely happy with uh, getting these guys. And like Jimmy just said, who cares if they don't have a power five? It's not all about yeah. getting a power five offer. And this is something too. Well, well, no, I'll save it for later and getting into a uh, Trent speech that he had today, but but yeah, yeah, just one more comment on that, John, is is that's why I reference, you know, the others that do have power five offers, because you've got to trust that staff and those recruiters that are landing for that position group. Ninety plus percent have a power five offer. So ultimately, right. you've got to put trust and faith in that position with everything else that they've done thus far, the ability to retain, you know, those top defensive linemen that were contributors in last year's roster in addition to looking at the vast majority of who they brought in from the high school uh, realm already, that you've got to put trust in them if they've evaluated the tape and he's exactly what they're looking for for his position. I love it. Yeah. You got any thoughts? Um, I think he'll be a strictly inside guy. I wonder, it was a good point. I feel like Jimmy brought up about Miguel Patrick. I wonder if maybe that they played them or he saw him play, it was like, dang, like this dude can really ball. Like if he saw him in person and kind of just remember like, man, they got a guy down there. That's like a hidden gem mm-hmm. that he really, that I really like. That's another thing about this staff. You know, <clears throat> if you go back and look at history, a lot of the guys that we have, that we have had, that had like all the big time flashy offers, uh, the P5 offers, and then we we managed to get them. Some of those guys never even got on the field. And then if you if you take some uh some of the guys that we had those some of those old you know those hidden gem kind of guys they end up being the cream of the crop that we had. So like you take a guy like <clears throat> Noah Wilder who transferred over from some small school I can't even remember. Gardner Webb. Yeah, Gardner Webb. Exactly. So a lot of people be like, oh, who is this guy from Gardner Webb? That's what you look at. You know, you look at the big P5 transfer guys that's coming over. But we got this guy that came over from Gardner Webb. For the, la- for the last couple of years, he's probably been the most important guy on that defensive line that we've had. You know, I mean, not on defensive line, but in that linebacking core that we've mm-hmm. had. So... We have a lot of guys like that that on this team. And then I, uh, another guy I want everybody to know is Spencer Brown. Mm-hmm. Spencer Brown didn't have any other offers. He didn't have – I don't remember him having – Jimmy probably can remember better than I. I don't even know if he had those FCS offers. 
Only th- only guy only thing I can remember is a UAB offer. Yeah, I think UAB was his only full route offer scholarship. Yeah, so, I think I think there's a lot of examples. There's Jermaine Brown, you know. There's yes. Chris Mole, you know, these high impact guys. I think Chris Mole's loan other offer was Valdosta State. He ended his career at Washington. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of examples. To Darian's point, of guys said just because they don't have the reported offers um, that have been extremely successful at a place like UAB. And also, too, like you think and I'm not trying to rag on the guy, but I mean, you think of like a guy like Thomas Johnston, which was a high end recruit that had multiple SEC offers and he didn't pan out. I mean, part of that was injury, too. But I mean, it's not all about just getting those power five offers. It's about talent evaluation. And I think, as I said earlier, I think these guys are doing a great job so far. Yeah. And I think in like the SEC and the Big Ten, I think it's easier because a lot of these talent evaluators, they're going to go and evaluate. Well, and, and, you, and you have 200 analysts, so. <laughs> right. And, and these, all of these, they're gonna, they, they got all these analysts, but you're going you're gonna to have on three, you're going to have 24-7 and rivals. They're going to kind of do all their work for you. And I think, you know, the way that they market themselves is they kind of go after these big-time guys, and, and they put a lot into them. So they just go after those guys. I mean, it's, it's kind of easy for them. But at the G5 level, you really got to be meticulous and really know what you're going for and know what you want in your system and how those guys, how how they can operate and how they can grow within that role that you envision for them. And um, I trust our staff. I think they know what they're looking for. I trust them because they put a – they've already put a pretty good class together. <laughs> like – so uh, they they've already got my hundred percent trust, and um, I'm excited for McCoy's future. No doubt, and we've got two more guys remaining, both offensive linemen. Uh, let's start with Delano Townsend, six four, three hundred pounds, out of Flint, Michigan. Uh, it's, this was a three star, uh, according to On Three, um, and he chose UAB over some northern school, you know, over Western Michigan. Um, you know, that's out of Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan, um, not too far away from Flint. And, you know, Miami, Ohio and UAB fans. Well, hey, maybe Delano watched that uh, Bahamas Bowl and said, you know what? I'm going to go to UAB. Uh, but, hey, but popping uh, looking at the film, he's he's big and athletic. 6'4", 300. Um, Jim, Jimmy, is any more that you like to elaborate on Townsend? But that, that's really all I've got. Like, I, I look forward <laughs> big to and, big, big, big and athletic. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, watching his film. I watched like the first like minute and a half and he was playing both sides of the ball. He was playing defense and offense. I remember texting uh, our buddy that you guys know, Brad. And I was like, this guy's just destroying dudes on both sides of the ball. That's what this, <laughs> I just turned off the film after a minute and a half. Like I don't need to see anymore. And uh, that's the funny thing. Steve Irvine had an article not too long ago that, uh, that said a relative of Townsend had sent out, you know, like oftentimes you see him recruiting someone's film. And uh, one of the people that he had tagged and, uh, you know, those posts was Trent Dilfer. And I imagine, I can only imagine, you know, being a fly on the wall in that room and, and seeing Trent's reaction and maybe being similar. Like, why is this guy available? He was committed to Western Michigan. They had a change in coaching staff and he was available and you got a relative sending out, you know, video. And that, that just shows you kind of how yeah, big the recruiting world is, but how small it can be too. And I believe it was something they touched on in the press today about recruiting regionally versus nationally and they just want good players and so they see something like that on film uh delano i think they said had never been to the southeast before they get him on a plane bring him down here and he gets sold and so 
yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, the evolution of his career. It looked like to me he played tackle a good bit at the high school level, but, you know, to me he's got more of the measurables that, you know, Trent's described as someone that might slide inside. So uh, I'll be super encouraged to see him develop and what he's able to do uh, as a Blazer. Yeah, I, I really love how our staff is, like, uh, evaluating talent. I love the emphasis they are placing on development, um, I feel like in the past, a lot of our offensive linemen and they kind of, if they were recruited out of high school, they kind of got glued to the bench for whatever reason. And we would bring in like JUCOs and we, we tend to start at those guys. I didn't, I don't know why we kind of did that. It was kind of weird. I wanted to see those high school guys get a shot. Uh, <clears throat> with that being said, like y'all said, he destroys dude. He's athletic. I love linemen that, that have good feet that's, that with that size and they have good feet and they know how to keep a base. I feel like they're going to really teach him um, the techniques of like looking at his film. He has all the raw skills. Man, once he learns pad level to get low, he does a good job just naturally just keeping a good base, moving his feet. Man, once he learned how to use his hands, how to really strike, how to really come off, he is going to be good, and he's going to be destroying guys on this level. Yeah, no doubt. Um, one final guy from National Signing Day today, another offensive lineman, Logan Moore, 6'7", 255, out of San Diego, California. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, I believe they said um, on the Twitter account that he he's, he's an, has massive upside. Um, as we, you know, heard before out of a couple of these guys, um, and he's a guy that's going to add immediate depth to the offensive line. You know, we we spoke in our recruiting update episode uh, last week, uh, guys, that you know we're losing all of our offensive line and um, all starters. So we are definitely going to need some guys, and that's exactly what this staff did. They brought in some more guys, and they brought in some more guys for immediate depth. So I definitely see, you know, would love to get his weight up, and I'm sure they will uh, with that nutrition staff. But again, Logan Moore, 6'7", 255. Um, I like what I saw in the little film that I saw today. Uh, Jimmy, what what kind of stands out to you for Logan Moore? I just want to say that he's not someone that we just landed upon here at the last second. He visited last weekend. He's someone that the staff has been uh, inquiring about uh, since really just about the time they arrived on campus. He's someone that reported his UAB offer um, you know, on December 18th. So he's been a target for us for a long time. I was very curious when we would see him visit. Um, he had taken some other visits. Um, I believe one was like to Northern Colorado and some smaller schools. He had, I believe it was six or seven report offers. UAB was, um, you know, the highest level, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, he does fit that prototype. Um, you know, I found it interesting that both of our tackles uh, came from California and Arizona. And I, I believe it was uh, Trent says something like he didn't want to give, you know, out all their secret sauce. But, you know, they, they look regionally for some positions. So I'd be curious to kind of follow that as we move along. Is, is that portion, you know, of the country? Is that where we're going to target, you know, and, and does that really matter? That was just something I found intriguing from the day. But, yeah, you mentioned the weight already. Um, you know, I'm excited to see him come in and put on that weight and see just how quickly he'll be able to contribute. Yeah, I wonder if we do, we do know at this uh, level, especially at G5, it's harder to get those in the trenches in the offensive line. It's hard to really get in there and get those guys, those top 
in, ready to come out of high school, and I can compete right away. Those guys go to Georgia. You know, they get paid at Texas A&M, <laughs> so they go to Texas A&M. So I, I, I get it. It's hard to get linemen. It seems like our strategy may be for offensive linemen. We're willing to go anywhere, you know, uh, to find those quality guys. And we're willing to de- we're willing to deal with like a size deficit because that's something that's easily correctable. That's that's you throw a red shirt on. And like you say, you get in the, you get in the nutrition program, you get on a, a strength training program. You give it a year, a year or two, and next thing you know, a 255 guy with with the correct instructions on what to eat and how to eat and how to take care of their body. Now they're a 295 guy with muscle, and they still have those same feet, and they still got that same motor. Now you have developed one of those high-end guys. You know, and then he's six freaking seven. So he already has the height. So I wonder if our strategy could be, hey, if we want those guys, we may have to develop those guys or get them out, get them out of the portal. And we'll talk about that later. But I like it. I kind of I'm glad that you brought that up. It made me think and him and him and Mason Chorak are are kind of both um, cutting that same mold. They both have high motors. They both have dog. I was looking at some of um, Logan Moore's film, and he had some one-on-ones. He was talking a lot of trash. I was like, oh, this is my type of guy. You know, <laughs> my type of guy. He won't bag down. It lets you know that he has that competitive. I love competitive guys. Like, I love to see a guy that's going to compete every single time and feel like they're the best. When I played at UAB, people say what they want to. I felt like I was the best center in the nation. I want everybody to feel like that. I don't care what their size is. And you look for those qualities because when you play those big teams, those are the guys that gonna, that's going to go out there to win. They have something to prove. And they want to win against a Florida, against a Georgia. And you don't want guys out there just scared. So you have to look for a certain mentality and attitude. And Logan really displayed that in his film. I'm excited. I like I like uh, the culture that our new staff is going for. Yeah, I love all eight of these guys that uh, UAB was able to get today on signing day. And in addition to the 16 that, you know, they got back on December 21st during early signing day, like I really think this staff has done a great job focusing the attention on getting both offense alignment and defense alignment. I think they've, you know, gotten some really good talent. Let's hope, you know, all these pay off. I think that most of them will. And also, guys, Hey, they announced that UAB received uh, nine mid-year transfers, and I'll just go over this list uh, very briefly. A running back, Demetrius Battle, out of West Alabama. Quarterback, Trace Campbell, out of Ole Miss. Cornerback, Armani Diamond, from Auburn. Linebacker, Kendall Johnson, from Tennessee State. Linebacker, Desmond Little, from LSU. I know Darian was excited about him. Yeah. Uh, Quarterback, Landry Liddy, La Tech. UAB fans are familiar with him. Cornerback B.J. Mays from Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. Offensive lineman William Parker, SEC Tennessee. Ooh, and finally, yeah. wide receiver Dazzlin Worsham, who, you know, we talked about on the last uh, recruiting update. So, I mean, those those are some nine, nine guys that, you know, transferring in, you know, from the portal that 
I mean, they could even come in and make an impact. Um, well, maybe not all of them right away, but I could see a few of those, especially hey, William Parker from Tennessee. And Darren, you know, like I just mentioned, I know you love Desmond Little out of LSU. Like these are some guys that, you know, really can come in and contribute right away. Yeah, Jimmy, what you got on some of these guys? Because um, this, I got a lot to say, especially William Parker and all these guys. That I'm like, oh yes. Well, what you what you got on it? I just wanted to give a shout out. You know, one of the first things I like the end of the radar guys, guys that played some of the smaller schools, like a Kendall Johnson. Uh, he was someone that I believe we just briefly mentioned on the last pod, and he's someone that's got you know experience. Uh, he's played three years at Tennessee State. Uh, you know, he does have eight tackles for loss, three sacks. Uh, he's got two years of eligibility remaining. And then you think on top of that, um, he's going to either compliment and or challenge day to day Desmond Little, you know, an in-state guy that was at LSU um, and is coming here. Just a fantastic get um, at a position that you just can't have enough guys built like him with SEC experience to come into play. And I'm really uh, excited about uh, what Brian Mays uh, is going to bring to the table. You know, he's somebody that uh, has some good stats, uh, I believe is that incarnate word. Uh, looks like he had 48 tackles, three tackles for loss, a pick, 14 uh, deflections. He had some other nice G5 offers. So when you look across the room at the mid-year signings, even, you know, someone like, uh, I believe it's Demetrius Battle, the running back from West Alabama, you know, you look at his, um, you know, stats and, uh, you know, he's played four years of, of ball at West Alabama. And uh, regardless of the level and what your thoughts are on that, two years ago, he, you know, uh, ran for 934 yards, almost 1,000 yards rushing at 5.8 a clip, you know, almost 100 yards a game. So, I mean, this is a guy that's built, you know, big, tough, brings a strong, you know, just leader mentality I think to a good group at that running back position so I'm just thoroughly impressed and I I will say uh Dazzling Worsham I went to Hewitt Trussell myself so I'm always going to give a shout out to the Hewitt Trussell Huskies I'm excited about him coming in uh with Husky all of his offers. that's right so you know just really excited about that on a personal level but uh we really attacked some really uh, important positions got guys in with experience and uh, I think they just did a great job. Yeah, especially at the edge, you know, we, we talk about Desmond Little. We talk about um, Kendall Johnson. You know, both of those guys, I, you know, we, we lost Kelly Sanders. And Kelly was kind of the only, like, edge guy that we had. Uh, I mean, we had, like, well, no, no, no. We got, like, Nikia Easton. And we have uh, – And Kyle Harrell was kind of bad. We had up. Kyle Harrell, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as a, the three-down edge guy that we had was Kelly Sanders. Um, I feel like both of those guys, along with uh, Jamarcus Jones, they uh, but Jamarcus may drop back more into a true outside linebacker, Roman type of role. But those guys are going to be on the edge. And we really, really needed edge guys. And shoot, after looking at uh, Tyler Thomas' stats and stuff, he – he may be an early contributor as well on that edge. It may be really good at it. Um, so I felt really, I felt like we really needed to attack that position um, to, you know, be able to generate pressure because we do, we, we have a great inside pressure coming, returning with Fish McWilliams and Michael Fairbanks and all those guys. Um, we'll be able to see like Joker Gill after, after a red shirt year. Um, we have a lot of guys returning, um, but we really needed that edge pressure, that true speed. 
Um, and not only that, but we got experienced guys, and we got the the long rangey um, guys with the with, with speed. I think um, I think they're gonna really come in and contribute right away. And then for me, to the gem of this is um, the guy from Tennessee, William Parker. William Parker. Yes, because I didn't. I was wondering. I have I have been looking like man, we. We need a lineman or two out of the portal. You know, uh, we lost all our guys up there, even though um, Brady Wilson, he he played a lot already at center. So you can already fill him in. But I'm like, man, we need somebody. We le- we, we losing Kadeem. Like, Kadeem was so good at left tackle. I don't think, I don't think people understand. Every time I go back and look at games and look at film, I'm like, man, this dude really held it down. And offensive linemen go underappreciated until until you really see the weakness out there. It's like you don't think about them originally, and then yeah, you, you get out on the field. It's like somebody is over there is getting constant pressure, or we can't run the ball. Then it's like blame the offensive line. These offensive linemen doing this, da da da. But we don't think about it in the beginning. We think about quarterbacks and playmakers. Well, you know, just come back around to it. Kadeem was very important. He did his job at a high level. You know, Steve had got the scoop on William Parker. You know, not only is he a mid-year signee, it's like he's, he's already he's enrolled. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's already enrolled. He's already. And then if you look, yeah, I know we talked. I know we just talked about oh, yeah the offers and stuff. And this dude had all the offers coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, all the offers coming out of high school. And, um, you know, I was just reading the article. We talked about how he played basketball and how he had sweet feet. I love linemen that play basketball and, and that can, they're very versatile. And so, and he has, he's been, was at Tennessee for like two years. So he has experience. He did play in some of those games. And it's just perfect. I'm like, cool we can get him that that put me at ease uh, so much to know that we had him and we can automatically put him at tackle not only did he have all was highly recruited out of high school he played in the sec for two years already and he's transferring and i think he'll have three to four years to play here that's important too and it's not like it's a a guy that's gonna play for one year and he's out so we got him for a couple of years and uh I was really excited about that. Um, of course, you know, with uh, Landry Liddy coming over, he played as a true freshman at Tech. Of course, he's going to come in and challenge for that starting position. You know, very accurate. We already talked about him some. Um, and real quick, Darren, kind of talking about our transitioning, you know, you, you discussing the importance of uh, offensive line play and how it really – goes unnoticed unless something goes wrong um you know that that's kind of with Landry Liddy you know you go back to that uh you know I was in Ruston for the Louisiana Tech UAB game and I'm just like golly Liddy like (laughs) doesn't look too great but you look at that offensive line that La Tech rolled out there (laughs) that was one of the worst yes as a true fresh that was one of the worst offensive lines I saw all year and so like you give this guy time to throw like you, you, you put on the. I mean, this was like a Mister All Football for Louisiana. Like this guy is going. This guy's good, and he's got good film. Um, so yeah, if we give him some protection, 
I mean, he very well can come in right away and fight for that starting job. Right, and I think I'll kind of bounce some ideas for maybe our starting five. And, of course, we're going to have to – I can't wait to see what the spring produces for these guys. Um, and just to get a first glimpse of, first glimpse of the type of offense and the type of defense we're, uh, we're going to be running, like the thing – what are we trying to accomplish? I want to see – but I, I thought that maybe maybe William Parker at left tackle. These are way too early predictions. Do not take this by law. Nobody <laughs> has proved anything on the field. This is very much an armchair coach and a paper <laughs> on a paper lineup that I'm just spitting off the top of my dome. But I'm thinking that maybe maybe something like um, William Parker at left tackle, maybe. Uh, maybe Nettles at guard. You know, he coming. He, the guy we signed from JUCO, offensive lineman, Wilson uh, at center. Yeah, what'd you say? I was gonna say Wilson at center, right? Wilson, yeah, Wilson at center. You can you can pencil that. And I would I would I, would, I like to put Richie at a guard either or you know Eli Richie, and then um, I would say maybe Quiz Yates at the other tackle. With with close competition with uh, from Trey, Trey Badowski, and uh, but I'm 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 really curious to see what guys like Tater Reed, mm-hmm. um, what what they're gonna bring to the table, uh, like uh, Flournoy and all the, those uh, guys that we've had waiting in the trenches. Gunter, um, it's Luke Luke Jones. We have a couple of guys that that's been waiting. Just waiting that time. What what we tended to do in the past was just sign a JUCO guy, or I just didn't agree with that, honestly. And I'm gonna just be real. Like I I felt like Eli Richie should have been starting over Quincy McGee, and then Quincy McGee transfers to Ole Miss, so it was just weird to me. But um, yeah. So I'm excited that those guys get an opportunity to really show what they can do. So. I think we have. I don't. I don't think we have the depth that we've had, but I think we can still uh, produce at the high level with the starters, um, and then kind of let our for, um, our young guys, our freshman offensive linemen, sit in that incubator and just get bigger and learn the system. But that D line, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I was curious where you're gonna go, like because I, I don't know how we would start out a you know, a starting defensive line with all those guys and talent that we have, like, oh, oh my God. Like, where do you want to start? Like the guys, I, I really love the freshman guys that we've signed. Like mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of R's on that, uh, on that depth chart when it comes out. <laughs> yes. Like, so you got Smalls and Connor Knight, Emmanuel Waller. You got Tyler Tubman. I'm like, man, we building, we got something going on. Like the whole front with like um at linebacker with guys like Rosal and stuff. I was like, man, we got uh James Smear that's that transferred from Marshall at the linebacking core. But man, we got some guys up front to 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 pair along with the guys that we of course led by Fish McWilliams. And then I um I wanna see guys like Jalen Mayala. I want to see him get a shot. He's long, rangy guy, six five, transfer from Indiana. And Tuazama uh, too, man. That guy was coming on late. Tuazama, those last yes. four or five games, he Woo. had his his uh his celebration was the the rub his stomach like I'm eating, <laughs> getting my belly 
type of turn. Uh, man, that dude was all over the field. So I'm like, man. And then you got the, I feel like the smart leader in my, Michael Fairbanks. Yes. So you got guys like that that's coming. That's that's coming back. And Don't forget saw, about Kevin Penn and all, I mean, like you've got a loaded uh, defense. Tyreek Howard, Joker Hill. Yes. I just brought, I just brought him up. Like we, it's so many guys, and I'm just like, oh my god, I am so happy right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. Hey, happy. somehow we've been talking about the D line, and we haven't even mentioned uh, Daniel Harris's name, the big recruit that we signed on early signing day. Oh, oh my goodness, we didn't even bring him up, man. That was the yep. big uh, golly. Desmond Little, you know, that's going to come off the edge with those, like. And I feel bad for those AAC offensive lines. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I just, you know, I think we have enough. I think they did this one so right and so good because I feel like we have the experience to produce at a high level now. But then the future is even the ceiling for the guys that we have on the, t- uh, for, uh, the on the D line. The ceiling for the future is even higher. I love it's so hard to compete now and develop at the same time. But that's exactly what we managed to do uh, with what we're doing. So I'm like, man. And then we um, supplemented that with with the dip in the defensive backfield because mm-hmm. you know, losing Starling Thomas, I felt like it was a big deal. But we had Kobe Dempsey coming on and, you know, we got D-Mac uh, back there. A corner, so we already got two star corners right there. We with Keandre Soups in at star, but adding guys like AD Diamond from Auburn and uh Miles from um, Incarnate Ward, which I really, really like his film. The guy from Incarnate Ward, I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. So, I we added starting level talent guys back there in that defensive backfield, and I just I'm really, really like excited to see what this defense is going to do oh yeah we, I, i'm excited too <laughs> and we didn't make it to the receivers mm. <laughs> like all of the receivers that we have mm-hmm. like if if we can put it together and run it back and i'm so glad that we have school there to kind of hold it over if we can put it together and run it back and put it together in the offensive line and at, of course at quarterback, but I'm I'm, I mean we got Jacob Zeno there, you know what I'm saying. So if and we still got Liddy, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from Damon Stewart. I know it's just workout videos, but I'm like, man, this is impressive. Mm-hmm. Dog, we can really have something. I'm excited for Trent. You know, I think they did a hell of a job. They did this on the fly. You know. I think they did a hell of a job just replacing those uh, the losses that we have. We had a lot of losses, and the thing that I'm really excited about is the scheme. I know I know a lot of times we kind of complained about our offense, you know, and um and that's the truth of it. We complain about our offense. It's time but, to modernize it. Yes, and I know we spoke on that, and I think that that'll honestly be the biggest upgrade. I'm not doing this to slight because BB's BB's philosophy worked in a sense because look at the results that we got. So we can say whatever we want to, but we got results. We got championships uh, by running that. But you know, you remember that year where Peyton Manning they they he won 
they won the chip when he was the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Everybody was like, yeah, pay man. And, you know, they win. They won that in spite of him that year. He wasn't the he wasn't the Indianapolis Peyton Manning that year. Um, they won. Was, because that, of was that the year Ron they played? Was it, was it Cam Newton and the Panthers in the Super Bowl? Was that Yeah. The and what do oh. you remember about that Super Bowl? You remember defense, right? Like, <laughs> so many defensive scores. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that is how that, that honestly, when you go back and look, how we won games is defense, 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 a good running back, and one good receiver. That's how you remember it in deep balls. That's yep. all you remember about our offense. And I think that, that does such an injustice to the rest of the guys on the team because we put so much emphasis on, like, three guys on the offense. Man, I want to see that ball get spread around. And uh, I'm excited, man. And, and real quick, too, like I don't know if we've ever said this on the pod, and I know our UAB listeners hate to hear, you know, the the school down in Tuscaloosa brought up, but it honestly, like, you look at the University of Alabama and what Nick Saban did for years, just playing great defense and just running with great running backs, just running the ball. It took a moment for him to finally realize, hey, I need to evolve. I need to start, you know, modernizing my offense. And what did he do? He went out and modernized his offense, and look at what they've done these last few years. Right. Like, so don't tell me it can't Practice. be done. Yeah, it can be done, and it will be done. And I think you know, and that's why you bring in a guy like Alex Mortensen. I mean, from El- from Alabama, who's been a part of that great offense the last few years. Like, he knows what needs to be done. He's in the room looking at these recruits. He's evaluating, like, hey, this is what we need. We've already got some dudes, you know, in in the wide receiver room. It all the skill position group. We just need to put it all together and have a great game plan. And yeah. I'm excited to. I wish we could just do, skip ahead to spring ball right now so we can get out there and see what they're going to do. Um, because I'm excited because I the sky's the limit for this offense with the weapons that they're bringing in and what they already have. Man, that was a that was a great great point that you brought up the analogy with Saban. I remember that year he. He had to modernize his defense as well. He had to adapt to get the pass rushers. Like, it's, this isn't the old school, you know, I'm just going to get strong guys and we're going to create a Rolando line. Rolando McClain, yeah. Big yeah. <laughs> no, I remember he had to kind of transition to, like, uh, I remember he had, like, Justin Williams and stuff on the edge coming, and they started getting those edge pass rushers. And now, look where they at now with, like, the Will Andersons of the world. But. Even the old bat like Saban, and that what that that's what make him the greatest in the world. It's like he he wasn't so stubborn and so proud to where it's like, no, I'm gonna do it this way. This way has always worked. I hate that line of thinking. I hate that line of thinking. Like football, a sport like football is always evolving. It's a copycat league, and if you don't if you don't evolve with it, you get left behind. And I kind of feel like we kind of got left behind in a sense schematically. Um, so. Look at UTSA. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and you see where they at now. You know, they passed us. They passed us. So um, we got to get that. We got to get that back. Um, Jimmy, um, do you have any predictions or anything you want to say about the overall roster construction and what you're excited to see? Now, let's look at the recruiting class as a whole first. Uh, I believe we had 19 high school uh, signees and at least 10 of which had at least one power five reported offer. So, you know, really impressed with, uh, you know, the overall class bringing in 
whatever it was, 15 or 16 transfers, 12 of which were from the D1 or Division II level, and seven of those were from the Power 5 level too. So there's just a real nice infusion of talent. Um, we talked about the different position groups like defensive and offensive line. You know, I look at the defensive line, I see um, the emphasis on bringing in high school. I think we could have easily gone JUCO at the route on defensive line. Not that we haven't, um, you know, swung in the direction of high school in the D-line before. Uh, we have a couple of contributors right now that – you know, started as high school prospects and someone like a Fish McWilliams. But I do think we've leaned more at the JUCO signees like over the years in those positions. And those guys are there. If we want to go out and get a 6'5", 6'6", tackle from the JUCO level, you know, I think we could have done that in the offensive line. You know, so I'm, I'm happy to see that we went uh, and really emphasized that high school, um, you know, level, uh, primarily here in the state of Alabama. I think it tells us a little bit that, you know, you see new coaches come in at times, take over programs uh, that might have been struggling previously, or even the opposite way. You see a coach is trying to save their job at the last second, and they're going to really hit that transfer portal super hard, hit the JUCO level super hard. And I don't get the feeling from this class that that's the way that we went. You know, the results are going to be the results when we see them. But, you know, to me, that tells me that you know, they're, they're practicing what they're preaching, meaning they say they love the guys that they have on the roster right now. And I believe that, by the way, they recruited. We talk about schematically, are we going to change things? Are we going to put the ball in the air some and change what we've been doing offensively? Well, by the way, we recruited, I would say, yes, we are. And so you're starting to see, you know, some things fall into place. I made a list maybe a month ago of positions I would like to see as prioritized from the roster perspective. And when I look back from 30 days ago and see what they did just in this last 30 days um, is really incredible. Um, I still would like to see us ideally pick up one more experienced offensive lineman uh, via the transfer portal. And they are out there. There are guys that have played, you know, at Jacksonville State that have been all conference guys. There are guys that played right here at Hoover High School that started uh, at a school like Liberty. Um, you know, there are other guys out there, some other position groups like tied in. I wouldn't be surprised to see us maybe pick up one more tied in before it's all said and done. Uh, one of which is a transfer from Troy. Michael Weiss played at Sanford for three years, you know, has almost a thousand yards in his career and 10 touchdowns. So I think for the most part, we're done, right? That's what they said is that we're going to focus on the next step, spring practice. You know, we love the guys that we have here, but when all the you know, spring practice is over and the two-week transfer portal opens up again in May. Some are going to look for other opportunity spots are going to open up, and I would like to see us maybe add one more O-lineman. Besides that, um, you know, I know we probably have some hope that there's a, a pending high school, you know, lineman and a JUCO running back that we talked about in the last podcast that maybe we can swing uh, and get a commitment and signing from here soon. Um one thing I found interesting is this signing day technically ends, I believe it's on April 1st. So these guys have like 60 days uh, to sign. And so, you know, I doubt many will wait that long, but we'll, we'll see if they choose to add uh, or whether somebody like a Jordan Hall or Isaiah Jacob is someone that ultimately signs. Yeah, I, I would love both of those. <laughs> and I know we talked about, you know, before we started recording, we we talked about both of those guys. Um, so and you, see, and you see, you see why we like bringing Jimmy on. He brought up yes. like, this. He yes. brought up those experienced guys from like Jacksonville State. You need to be a freak. You need to be an analyst. That's what mm-hmm. you need to do. Like, like I think the Lord is like going to take you down that route before it's all said and done. Because that's 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 some good work finding these guys and 
especially like with the proximity and and knowing that they what they're capable of. Like they these are quality guys that has developed at these levels. And some of these guys are at like FCS level and stuff, and they can come in and and they can do some really good stuff for us. And that's that's a good work. I you they need you on on the staff, man. I was going to tell you earlier, uh, Darren, there was that video I posted when uh, I think it was Ryan Peppins when, you know, he had announced his commitment uh, to the team. And there was a little video that I found on YouTube of a guy that was like breaking down his film. It was like 15 minutes long. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch all this. But I was like, this is what Darian should be doing. Like, <laughs> if, I just make, if, if I just post a tweet about someone, then we just get in the YouTube page and just do like a film breakdown. I would love that. Yeah, man. And so and John is like the conductor. So John, you need to find a way to put us in positions to, you know, leverage our strengths. You you are the 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 one that ties it together. You know, we just go to John and be like, all right, John, what's the agenda? You know. So um you well, put all us- I can say all I can say to that is stay tuned. We do oh. We got some big things coming, so I don't, I don't want to, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, guys, we are um, an hour twelve, um, but I did before we wrap up. I, I don't know if everybody's gotten the chance to uh, watch uh, Trent's presser that he had today. If you haven't, you need to. Just a couple things I wanted to say that really stood out to me. The first one, like I, I love that Trent and this staff are making an emphasis on making connections with in-state high school coaches. And, uh, you know, say what you would about the previous staff, but, I mean, this this staff is, you know, coming in saying they are making it a high priority to make connections with uh, in-state coaches. And also, Trent Dilfer <laughs> said this in the presser. He said he doesn't want he, – he is looking for recruits that UAB – that, that – that have UAB as their number one school. He said that he didn't want any fallbacks. He didn't want, you know, oh, you might be going for a P5. And uh, yeah, if, if Alabama says no, or if Arkansas says no, I, then I'll come to UAB. No, like they're not going to put the time and effort into that. They don't want quote unquote fallbacks. They want players that want to be at UAB and in Birmingham. And I thought that that was phenomenal. And I mean, I know you get that in a lot of coach speak, but just hearing that for Trent, I really love that. And again, with the connections in the in-state, uh, I love that he said, you know, we, we said this on a previous episode, Darren, that, you know, he really preached honesty. There's no sales pitch with, with uh, you know, with the coaching staff and recruits. Uh, they preach authenticity uh, and honesty. So those are just a couple of things I wanted to mention real quickly about, about the presser that he had today for uh, National Signing Day. Yeah, and as a as a recruit, you really do love that you um you kind of go off of that energy and that vibe, and you get used to all the glitz and glamour so much that you're looking for something real to attach yourself to in the recruiting process. So if you can just uh, if a coach can in a in a sense sell the realness, it's like something that you're not trying to sell, but it's what you end up selling. It's just the authentic authenticity that's very important. And um, those relationships with those high school coaches, that's going to take you a long way because those high school coaches can put some good words <laughs> in the ear of those recruits. And, uh, and especially if they can uh, really attest to the man of character uh, that you are as a coach, you know, uh, as a college coach. So uh, I really love that presser. You know, Trent can talk for days. You can tell he's a guy that you can just throw a word out there. He'll go with it. Uh, so. 
Um, I, I encourage everybody, if you haven't seen it, you know, you can go on, on the UAB Athletics Facebook page and you can go check it out. It's about 22 minutes long. And uh, he says a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of good things in there um, about the overall process of recruiting. I really uh, enjoyed seeing him in green. I feel like in most of the photos and whatnot, we've seen him in that same black long sleeve yes. gold UAB. <laughs> and he was wearing a nice green pullover today. So that was my primary takeaway. <laughs> and notice that pullover wasn't Under Armour. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> well, we'll leave that. Um, well, guys, again, hey, 33 players total. They added eight today, 16 from early signing day, nine transfers. Excited to see what these fire breathers are going to bring to the table for this UAB football program going forward. Again, if you're not following Jimmy on Twitter, give him a follow at UAB Athletics Fan. Jimmy, thanks again for coming on the show. And we look to have you, uh, hope to have you on more episodes. Yeah, no problem. Enjoyed it as, all, as always. Darian, you want to send us out? Yes, sir. Blazer Nation. First of all, shout out to my daughters for cleaning their rooms. I'm so proud of them. They're real fire breathers. They're, they are an example <laughs> of what we, the attitudes we want on the team. Good job, girls. Okay. I need to clean my room. Huh? I said, I need to clean my room. <laughs> As you see, you, you were not disciplined. You are not a fire <laughs> You were not. But my girls were fire breathers, so I'm going to go. It's time to, for them to lay down. So I'm going to, you know, tell them sweet things and hold their hands as they go to sleep because they did really, really good. Daddy's proud. So fire breathers only. They are an example of that. Blazer Nation, let's ride. Let's ride.